0: today. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4, it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, With thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, let me say that again, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So let me ask you a question this morning. What is peace? When you think of the word peace, something more than likely comes to mind. But have you ever really thought about, well, what, what is peace? We light a candle today anticipating peace returning to earth. But I know that we all have an idea in our head about what peace means or what we're longing for when we say, I want peace. Sometimes we just want peace and quiet, Right? Sometimes we just want peace. There's something out there about the word peace. And I believe something, and as I was preparing for this message, this is really what I wanted to drive home. I believe that peace is something that many, many people, if not everyone, are desiring in their life. We're all looking for, for peace. But I believe that there's a great many people who will miss out and never gain peace Simply because they're looking for the wrong thing. They're looking for the wrong thing. So having a misunderstanding, if you will, of what peace is will cause you to pursue things that ultimately aren't going to end up being peaceful or end up in peace. So something that's typically not me, I'll just say that. I'm one of these people who likes to say, well, this is, this is what this is, and there's just something that was drilled in my head a long time ago that, that said if you're, if you're having to constantly explain to people who you're not, you're not doing a good enough job telling people who you are. And, and so that's just something that's been driven in me all my life. And I always, I, I tend to try to approach things from the positive. Let's look at this of what it is, what we're trying to do, where we're going. But today I can't help but explain, first of all, what peace is not. Because I believe there's a lot of people in life who are pursuing something that they think is going to be peace. But ultimately, it is not peace. And so if you will, allow me to share some of these things with you today. First of all, peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is not the absence of conflict. You see, a lot of us are just working as hard as we can in our life to remove conflict. Just get away from conflict. Or our concept of peace... Sometimes has to do with the contrast of war, if you will. We think about, well, we're either at war or we're at peace. But the truth is, peace is not the absence of conflict. Let me show you in Scripture even what Jesus is saying as it pertains to our world in our time where we are today. John 16, 33. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says these words. I have told you these things All these teachings, the things that he's teaching his disciples. I've told you these things so that in me you may have, what's the word? Peace. You may have peace. In this world you will have, what's that word? Trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So Jesus told us something in this one sentence right here. He told us that it is possible for two things to exist at the same time. In this world, it's possible that they are side by side in our life peace and trouble. Now, you go, that makes no sense. Well, it doesn't make sense if your idea of peace is the absence of conflict or the absence of trouble. But Jesus Himself says it right here I've told you these things so that in me you can have peace. But in this world, you will have trouble. As a matter of fact, look at the words closely. He said we may have peace, but we will have trouble. You saw that? I told you these things, so you might have peace. Because in this world, you will have trouble. And so this is what Jesus is explaining, is that this peace that goes beyond understanding that we see in Scripture, it's this peace that really, if we follow the logic of the word, it goes beyond our understanding, meaning that there are times that the peace that God is talking about doesn't necessarily make logical sense in my brain. So Jesus is saying that in this world I will have trouble, but at the same time I can have peace even in the midst of that trouble. What does that look like? <laughs> when I get to points like this, I think there's times that people go, Pastor, Pastor. Aren't we wanting to reach people with the message of Christ? Why are you always talking about the things about Christianity that are hard or maybe the things that are out there that this isn't the fun part of it or this isn't the easy part of it? Wouldn't you think that, you know, especially here at Christmas, we're going to have people visiting the church and wouldn't you want to talk to them about how awesome it is to follow Christ and what all we need to do? And all that stuff is very, very true. But there's, a, there's something that I've come to learn in life and there's something that I believe And that is, I believe I've discovered that there are people who understand that if there is anything that is worthwhile in life, those things come with a cost, right? If we're going to have things that are worthwhile in life, most of the time, those things have some sort of a cost. We realize that we don't just get to have things happen. And so I like to talk about these things to have an understanding that there is a benefit to following Christ, that there is a wonderful thing that happens when we choose to give our life to Christ and we choose to follow his ways, that we discover life in all of its fullness. We get it in all its ups and all its downs, and he's there with us walking through this life. But here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that when you give your life to Christ that all of a sudden all of your conflicts melt away. And I believe that there are people out there who would be going, well, if man, if you can guarantee me that all my conflicts melt away, I'm going to give my life to Christ. Well, I, can't, I can't say that because the words of Christ say something absolutely different, that in this world we will have trouble. As a matter of fact, he goes even further. Matthew 10:34. Jesus says these words, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Wait a minute! We sing all these songs at Christmas time: "Peace on Earth, Goodwill to Men," and all the What in the world is Jesus talking about? You know, there's oftentimes when I'm studying that I come across sections in books that just say things better than I could ever articulate them. So I just tend to take them and share them with you. So I'd like to read this to you. It says in the text of Luke 2:14 in the King James version, "It's led generations of people celebrating Christmas." To promote the false notion that Christ brings peace on earth, goodwill to men. You sang that song? We've sung that song. Instead, what the word say is Jesus promises peace on earth to men of goodwill. To those on whom his favor rests. To those who welcome Christ, he offers peace. Such Peace brings the wholeness of restored relationships with God and interpersonal reconciliation. That sounds like peace, doesn't it? Jesus' peace does not preclude wars between nations, conflicts among unbelievers, or even the persecution of Christians, which Jesus has already predicted. In fact, not only does Jesus not come to eradicate all human, oops, sorry, all human conflict, but actually promises Hostility. You see, Jesus understands that there are times that those who are following Christ are going to be offensive to the world. And so, in absolutely choosing to follow Christ, there's going to be people who come against what you're following. So, the act of actually following Christ does not remove us from conflict, and yet at the same time, it offers peace. Why? Because when you read this verse closely, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace. To the earth. You'll catch this right here. When Jesus came, peace was on earth. But peace was not brought to the earth. Peace was in the person of Jesus on the earth. But peace in its totality was not brought to the earth yet. That's why we light this candle. Because the day is coming that when Christ comes again and peace comes to earth in the form of Jesus Christ, he will also bring peace to the earth, And that's why we sing those celebrations. And that's why we look forward to it. It's not a bait and switch. But we have to have the right concept of what peace truly is. And it's not the absence of conflict. You know, the second thing that happens that we sometimes pursue, we pursue this absence of conflict. But peace is not a feeling either. Peace is not a feeling. Feelings are fleeting, aren't they? And there are many of us in life that, Go back to a time where we where we had a feeling, and often we re, we try to recreate the circumstances around a certain feeling so that we can continue to feel this feeling over and over again. That sounds more like addiction than peace to me. It really does when you think about it. Is that we have this one experience that we try to create over and over again, but the truth is that we can't ever really go back and recreate these feelings. But we like these feelings, and so. We're pursuing this feeling of peace, and that's really not peace. It's just a moment in time, and it's very difficult to recreate these things over and over again. But if you're not careful, your feelings will draw you to try to pursue things that will never end up in peace. Again, Scripture teaches us this. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure." Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. So here's the truth that scripture teaches us here is that our hearts, our desires, our feelings, the things that we want, they can mislead us in life. And if they are the sole source of what we're looking for, for peace and in decision making, they're actually going to lead us astray. Now, some of you go, that's kind of harsh, but hold on a minute. How many of you have ever raised a child? And how many of you have ever looked at that child going, I know what you're feeling, I know what you're thinking, I know what you're wanting, but I can tell you from truth and from experience that what you're wanting to go after is not going to get you what you really want. You ever had that conversation? This is the conversation that God is having with his children as well. I know you feel like that you're going to pursue these things and they're going to bring you satisfaction, but those, satis- those feelings will never satisfy. The heart is deceitful. Now, I want to be real careful with this. I said that our feelings should not be the sole source of decision-making. You see, because our feelings are a gift from God. They're a wonderful gift from God. God gives us the ability to feel, to understand to experience things in a way that that doesn't just articulate through our mind but it it takes our whole being and we have this experience and that's why we at times have experiences that are so good they make us feel a certain way we want to recreate it over and over because we really like that but if the pursuit of peace means I'm pursuing only these good feelings here's what's happening You're taking this gift of God and you're limiting yourself to only sensing a part of it. What do you mean? Well, if we only limit ourselves in life to pursuing only the things that we think make us feel good, then we're missing out on some of the very important reasons that God gave us feelings. Because sometimes there are negative feelings that we Put in a negative box, feelings of despair, feelings of loneliness, feelings of desperation that actually motivate us and lead us to become a better person or to seek God or to get outside of a situation that we keep going over and over again. And without those feelings, we would never be motivated to experience what God wants us to see. Does that make sense? Sometimes the feelings of defeat The feelings of despair are exactly what we need to get us back on the right track because we go, I don't ever want to feel that way again. See, there's just as much power in that statement as there is. I wish I felt this way all the time. God can lead us through either one. And so this pursuit of just feeling one certain way kind of limits the way that God works in our life. So that being said, peace has to be then ultimately more than just a feeling, though we can feel peaceful. At times. Last thing I want to say about peace peace is not everything going my way. (laughs) But wait a minute, Pastor, that would really be peaceful if everything just went my way, even for an hour. That would be awesome. You know, if, if everything just went the way that I thought it should go. Because we, we do this without even thinking about it. We organize, we set up life, we make plans, we do all this stuff thinking that we've got this great idea of how life is supposed to go and the way that we feel it is best. And when you just, when you just stop and think that I am one of billions on this planet, you begin to see where this is going to break down without even having to bring scripture into it. Because you just begin to think, well, if my way is best, that means that somebody else is going to have to sacrifice what they think is best, which is going to bring conflict, which is why in this world you're going to have trouble, which is why you can't pursue peace as a feeling, which is, ah, you see where this is all going? So just my way of thinking things are best does not bring about peace. We have to give room in our lives to this truth, that if we are people who claim to have put our faith in God, that we have to bring ourselves to a place where we say, ultimately, no matter what I face in life, God's way is best, not mine. And that's when we begin to see peace. When we say, I'm going to do this God's way, not my way. My way is ultimately like going to bring this peace. My way, I don't know necessarily where it's leading, but I know what scripture says. I want to share two verses with you about this. The first verse is found in Proverbs fourteen twelve, And this is the words. It says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. That's just a truth for all of us. There's a way that appears to be right. I think this is right. I think this is the way that I'm going. But if it is not God's way, it ends in death. And let me share with you the second verse. It's in Proverbs 16, 25. And it says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Did y'all know that was in there twice? It is. It's in there twice. I think they're trying to make a point. To say all of us struggle with this feeling and this motivation that's inside of us that says, I want life to be set up my way, the way I think it should go, the way that I think it should all be organized. And we think if it works out this way, it's going to be awesome. And God says, no, it actually leads further away from peace. It actually leads... To death, and y'all might think that sounds very severe, but here's the truth: ultimately, we are all brought to the crossroads of life, where we say, "Do I want things my way, or do I want things God's way?" And we have to bring ourselves to answer that question in life. So, why would we answer it God's way? Well, the simplest way that I can state what peace is this morning. Let's get to the good stuff. Peace. As simple as I can put it is this. It's the presence of God. Peace is the presence of God. John 14, you heard part of this this morning already. Starting in verse 23, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home. With them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. Now it doesn't say this, but if he if he says that anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, and me and the Father will come and will make our home with him. But anyone who does not obey my teaching, does not love me, will not obey my teaching, the inference here is that we won't come and be with you. We won't make our home there. We're not invited. It says, these words are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All of this, he's talking to his disciples. Look at this. All of this I've spoken. While I physically present Jesus, I am still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. And then look at verse 27. Peace I leave with you my peace I give you I do not give to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid So very simply here's what Jesus is saying to his disciples Peace is here it's me I am here with you right now I am peace And when you follow my ways and you obey my teachings I'm with you the Father is with you we make our home with you and you experience peace because I am with you. I live with you. And then he says to the disciples, I physically present Jesus am going away, but the Father is going to send the Spirit to be with you. And then he says those words, peace I leave with you. Peace, the Holy Spirit. Peace, the Holy Spirit. Peace, I leave with you. Now this is why there's some people you may not be a follower of Christ, and there may be some things we say at church sometimes, you go, that makes my head spin, I don't understand it. We say a phrase all the time, have you asked Christ into your heart? Have you asked Jesus to be Lord of your life? You see, this is what we're saying. We get it from a verse like this where Jesus says that if you will obey my commands, I will come and make my home with you. He lives with us in our hearts. But we know it's not physically present Jesus anymore because he ascended into heaven And Scripture tells us that he will come back just as he ascended into heaven. And that's why we light this candle looking forward to the peace that he's going to bring to earth and to the earth. But he says that I'm leaving, but the Father is sending my spirit, the Holy Spirit, to be with you. And so right now, in dwelling in the lives of people who have claimed to follow Jesus Christ, who obey his teaching, is the Holy Spirit who provides peace in the midst of conflict. Who provides peace in the midst of turmoil. Who provides direction in life when you don't know where to go. Who provides understanding at times that we don't understand. It's a peace that goes beyond understanding. There's a verse or a passage, if you will, in scripture that you're probably familiar with, even if you haven't been around church. That exemplifies this in a very beautiful way. It's Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Peace on earth is the coming and the presence of Jesus. It's Emmanuel, God, with us. If you want peace in life. Seek God's presence. If you want peace in life. Well, pastor, does that mean all my conflict's going to go away? No, but you'll have peace. Well, does that mean everything's going to be easy? No, but you're going to have peace. Does that mean everything just turns out the way that I think that it should? No, but you'll have peace. And even though you'll walk through the darkest valley, he'll be with you. You know, the flip side of that promise, too, is even though you walk on the highest mountain, he'll be with you. And there's peace that comes in the valley, and there's peace that comes in the joy of the mountain. But God is there, the constant, with you through it all. He will bring peace in the midst of any situation in life because his presence is with us. Right now, it's the Holy Spirit. But we light the peace candle today, and we remind ourselves that we long for the day when peace returns to the earth in person, In the presence of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me today? You can know peace today. Jesus offers an invitation to follow his way. To obey his teachings. To come to a point in life where you admit that my way is not the right way but God your way is and scripture teaches that then if we will follow the commands of Jesus that he will come and make his home with us and the father will live with us it's a point of decision you come to in life that you say God I want what you have for me more than anything else and if you've never made that decision to follow Jesus in that way I pray that you would do that today With heads bowed and eyes closed, you can pray a prayer in your heart. God knows your heart. You can say words to him like this, God, I want your peace. I pray you would come into my heart, that you would forgive me of my sins, and that you would help me to know how to follow you each day.